Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister, the CC Podcast Conversations. We've got an interview coming up with Gil and Mark from the Museum of the Bible. Andrew, have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, actually I have. Uh, I think my mom went there. Uh, Ma, who used to be the, the uh, executive director of Christian Crusaders, so Julie Nordstrom. Uh, yeah, they opened in January of 2018. Uh-huh. It was it's kind of poor timing. They kind of had a year or so before COVID, right? Yeah, I guess it's going gangbusters. That's it's great. on 4th and D in Washington, D.C. Yep. And uh, it was a, a brainchild of the Green family, the yep. Hobby Bobby uh-huh. folks. Yeah. And just an interesting thing to sit down with Gil and Mark, ask them some questions about... Are you guys actually, like, solid on the Bible, even though you're in D.C. where everything else is not solid? <laughs> uh, they describe some of what goes on there and the impact that it's had. Just a short interview, but uh, yeah. power-packed. I think people are going to love it. Do you remember what your mom had to say about it? Uh, just, I think she just said that it was good. I, I don't remember specifics from her, but, uh, but no, I, she, was, she was very positive about it, I, I believe. One thing that's interesting, being in Washington, D.C., it's such a cultural hub yeah and so they get people from all walks of right. life all parts of the world all different yeah. faiths and he said you know you'd be in there with a group of evangelical christians who were digging into it from that perspective right you have a group of like pretty conservative muslims who are taking a look at the bible from yeah. that perspective and uh, just trusting the lord to sort it all out sure so yeah that's awesome yeah uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that we the Washington thing made me think I've been walking around here in the exhibit hall and I've seen at least two congressmen. Uh, Rick Santorum was here. Is he here? Yeah, he was doing a television interview over there too with, uh, with the big Who's thing. Who's the other one? Uh, the congressman that the, we had seen West. walking through. Yeah, yeah West. Um, uh, one other one. Who was that? I can't it's remember when, now. When you're here, it's just you're looking around. It's like, wait a minute. Well, just just yesterday when we were carrying some stuff in, yeah. I said to you, I said, does that guy look familiar to you? And yeah. We, we couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah. But. There's a lot of people here that, you know, whether they're a pastor that's been, you know, of a big church that maybe wrote a book or something like that, or, um, you know, they're 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 a celebrity of some kind. You know, there's there's people who's movie stars are here. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, not like Denzel, but you know, there, yeah. there's still some people that you, you sort of recognize, and you're like, oh, well, I think yeah. I know them. That's cool. Awesome. Well, hey guys, enjoy this interview, Museum of the Bible. Thanks to them for showing up at the booth and sitting down with us. And stay tuned; we're going to have content all week long, so uh, come check it out. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations. I'm at the NRB Convention 2022. We're in Nashville. This place is going crazy. They just ex- opened the exhibit hall. And uh, so there's a lot of background noise. Usually we do our podcast in a studio, so it's a lot quieter. But there's a lot more excitement, energy. We're not stressed out about the background noise, so hopefully our listeners aren't either. I'm with 
Gil McMillan and Mark Benson from the Museum of the Bible, and this just kind of cropped up as an impromptu interview. Met these guys earlier this morning, and uh, thanks for being here, guys. Matt, we thank you. This is just an opportunity to be with like-minded hearts and folks and just sharing the gospel, sharing the word and talking about it and just love being here. Thank you for having us. So when I talk to both of you, you both are like regional directors or something like that? Yeah, Great so. names. That's correct. Yes, sir. And, and where are you at, Gil? East Coast. East of the Mississippi to the coast. Okay. And Mark? Honolulu. That's right. The 50th state. Yes. Everyone, do you get sick of the visitors? Like, you know what? That's what like turns actually live in there? Oh, we love it, but it's the people. It's not the beach. It's always the people. That's the reason you're there. Awesome. We have a great time. That's great. So Museum of the Bible, it's one thing that I did not anticipate. This is our first year having an exhibitor's booth. We've only been doing these podcasts for a couple years. And so my learning curve is very steep. And I didn't anticipate the number of interview requests that we were going to get here. Wonderful. Which is great. Yeah. But you got to kind of weed through it because you don't have time for all of it. And I saw an email, and I couldn't find it when you were standing here earlier, but I saw an email from the Museum of the Bible saying somebody's going to be around and maybe available. I don't know if they're talking about you or someone else, but we've got you here. And and that one jumped out at me like, I want to talk to these people because the Museum of the Bible, I have never been there. It's in Washington, D.C. That's right. I've been to D.C. several times since it's been there and just never had time to get over there. But tell us the story of the Museum of the Bible. Well, it's a great story, Matt, because the, the Green family, of course, most people who know the Museum of the Bible, some don't, but they know that the Green family, the founders of Hobby Lobby, it's their personal collection. They, over a number of years, have had an opportunity to uh, collect Bibles, and the family's very important, sharing that. A large family, the Green family. So just, um, they, I don't think they ever intended a museum. That was not their thought, but they just have a great way of sharing. And so now at well over 44,000 artifacts, a huge collection, really a lot of it's in Oklahoma City where Hobby Lobby is based. But the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. was just a really significant thing. We wanted to be play, a place where other museums were, where we'd have critical mass and a lot of visitation. So uh, the concept was that it took a while to find a building that was going to be able to house it. But we did find a building in D.C. and with about seven or eight years of uh, complete like the whole interior was gutted. It was a historical building, so they couldn't Where's do it. Where's it at in D.C.? It's on 4th and D Street, about a block off the Capitol, so right off the mall. Um, like I said, so they found a, a 1920s building that was historically uh, beautiful. It's one of the last red brick buildings in that part of D.C. Most everything is stone. Mm -hmm. But they completely took the building from top to bottom. It's 430,000 square feet. You can imagine it's a whole city block. But that's really not as significant as... People who come in can find their own little niche or little cubicle and spend hours there. So out of 430,000 square feet, it's not, it's not, that is what's not what, so significant. It's the things that are there. If people get lost on one floor and just spend hours there. We have people that come in and come back three days, four days in a row. So wow. It's a, it's a wonderful collection. Mark, Gill was telling me that you're a fairly recent addition to the Museum I of the am. Bible. I am. Uh, stable. What, what were you doing before, and why did you decide to come work with these guys? Oh, man, it's boring. Um, I've always been a car dealer, so I've owned Ford, Honda, Chrysler dealerships around it. the country. When I met you, I was like, this it's guy, there's something about this guy. <laughs> and I wanted to do something of some redeeming quality. I wanted to do awesome. something later in life. 
And so that's really why I came aboard the museum a little over a year ago. And so what are you doing out in Honolulu? I mean, how do you do your job out there? Well, I travel quite a bit, but okay. uh, my area is from Colorado West, and so I'm responsible for sharing the word about the museum, but also developing relationships. And so we have a $53 million annual budget, and it's a lot of our partners help support the museum. So it's getting the word out, it's sharing the value, sharing the direction, and then listening. But I got to Honolulu, I used to own Honolulu Ford. So we've been in Honolulu for 10 years and sold it a few years ago. And uh, this opportunity became availed itself and I'm here. Totally off the subject, but the Ford dealership in Cedar Falls, Iowa is struggling to keep cars on their lot. I can't imagine, is it even worse in Honolulu? It's worse than Honolulu. It's, you know, we were in a weird time across the board, but dealers are making more money than ever. That's more what they tell me. Money that makes no ever. sense to me, but whatever. We're not here to talk about Ford. Uh, um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the questions I asked you guys when you walked by this morning, which you said it's a question you get a lot, and it's actually when I saw in my email that the Museum of the Bible is going to be an NRB and maybe available to do a podcast, the number one thing that I wanted to ask somebody from the Museum of the Bible was kind of this assumption that a lot of people have in their mind. Like, this thing's out in D.C. Right. It's next to the Smithsonian. It's next to the National Archives. It's in this corrupt city. Um, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, who I'm personal friends with, been in the U.S. Senate forever, he says Washington, D.C. is an island surrounded by reality. Right. And so, so you're telling me that there's the Museum of the Bible in this cesspool that stays faithful to the Word of God and actually upholds Scripture as the inerrant, true Word of God? What better place, Matt, than to launch what we need in this country? It's a cornerstone being in D.C. And just remember, our mission is an invitation for all peoples to engage in the transformative power of the book, of the Bible. So it's for everyone. We don't want to turn anybody away. We're in D.C. for a reason because everybody should have an opportunity to engage with what the Bible is. So we're not something that's just saying, you know, you know about the Bible, so here's some more scripture, here's more examples. It's about people who need a port of entry in their life again to change. And uh, so we're there. We're there for all the scholars who already know that we're a great backdrop for them, all the scholars and, and ministries that are out there. But we're also, also there for people who walk in. We hope they find it by mistake. We just hope they see a wonderful building and come in, and then they're transformed it's transformative so it's a good thing and we love being in dc it it was like third place in the ranking it was not going to be there originally but um i'm glad we did and we've we've done well one of the things are you gonna say something mark go ahead no go ahead no i'm good um edit yeah one of the things that you said was that your primary purpose with the museum of the bible isn't to just proselytize right out of the gate no we and, don't and so talk about the philosophy behind that i mean i think that's that's great uh but you, you could have gone a bunch of different directions with it. You went the direction you went, and yep. what was behind that? I'll take that one. So a great friend of mine looks exactly like Don King. Same age, same age, same hair, everything. Everything the same. And Sanford is an old friend. He's a business partner, and he's a devout agnostic. Okay. I took him out there kicking and screaming. He's been there twice. He's become a major partner for us wow. financially, wow. and he loves the museum. Our job is to get people to engage of all walks of life and have them feel comfortable. So a person can be an atheist and come to the museum. They can be a Buddhist and come to the museum. There is nobody talking down. It's just to share the book and then let the Holy Spirit take over from there. Wow. That's and that's cool. the mission. 
So you talked a little bit about about what it's like in their guild, but if I go to the Museum of the Bible, I mean, what am I going to see? What, what, you, there's places for me to sit and study, I get that. Right. But what are some of the areas or the high points, or what am I going to want to not miss? Well, there's like four pillars that we try to do. So we have different floors. In a, in a 430,000 square foot building, you can imagine that the floors are significant in the way they're laid out. So we have like a narrative of the Bible floor, which really just talks about different stories um, from the apostles, different things like that. We have a, the Hebrew Bible is there, which is a, a tremendously immersive, uh, hands-on event that you walk through. It takes about 35 minutes to go. It starts with the Garden of Eden, ends with the Babylonian Wars and the building of the temple. So you're exhausted when you come out of it. But yeah. it's, it's our greatest, uh, one of our greatest attended things at the museum. But each floor has a has an impact. So we have an impact floor, impact of the Bible in industry, education, philanthropy. Uh, what has the Bible done in 2,000 years across the world? And, and it was funny when you were talking about different people. I've been in there, and we're very global in that people come from all over. I've been in that um, Hebrew Bible exhibit, sitting there watching one of the presentations, and there's like five different faiths and nationalities in that same room. So it's interesting when you're sitting there with a Catholic group from the Philippines and an Iman Muslim group from somewhere else and a uh, evangelical group out of Texas and you're all in that same room and you're seeing the story of the children of Abraham and the 12 tribes and then all of a sudden it's like we are more alike than we are different. That's amazing. So I think it just reaches people in a way that touches their heart and um, and we have work to do. I mean we've got a great place to be and a great lot of work to do. Well, I think the timing on it right now is crucial if you think about it. We're living in these times where people want to rewrite our history, yeah. rewrite things that were good and bad. But history should be history. It should be accurate. And so to have the museum there able to share history of where things truly came from and that our nation is a Judeo-Christian nation, we need to re retain those roots and get back to it. Right. We just had the Magna Carta and the writ, first time they've ever been out of Europe together. 800-year-old documents on display there for six months. Wow. And so without the Magna Carta, of course, there is no Mayflower Compact. Without yeah. the Mayflower Compact, there would be no America. So when you really go down through the Constitution and look for the roots, you're able to lay it back at the Magna Carta and, of course, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. My kids, my wife, uh, we have four kids. They're homeschooled classically, and my wife gets all the credit for that. But one of the one of the reasons, the last thing we ever thought we would do is homeschool our kids. Sure. Um, for and that's not what this podcast is about. But but not in a million years would, would we have ever done that. Um, but one of the things that's been so valuable is them learning a timeline of history. Yeah. I yes. mean, the, if you don't know, I mean, I, I was just the reason that I came to my mind is you're talking about the Magna Carta and the writ, and I think in the Mayflower Compact and people like me when I was going through school, it's like, who cares about that? That's stupid. Right. What's that have to do with my life? Right. And it's like. We're reaping the benefits or the curses in our nation right now of a bunch of people not caring about caring about very important stuff. Oh, they, they don't have the roots. They don't have the ability to reach down into it because we're all going to be going through tough times, you know, back and forth and, and over the over our lifetime. But we need to be able to retain that foundation. And all of our all of our law and freedom and liberty in this country is based on the Magna Carta. I mean, if you look back at it, that's the founding document and if your kids were to study that it's just this eye-opening and I'm from Virginia so one of the most significant things there is like from the impact there's a handwritten letter there from uh, uh, Cornwallis to, to Washington to negotiate a deal it's like you get a couple of people and I'll get a couple of people they're going to meet at the Moore house and they're going to talk but it's written in a formality 
there on example because of the Magna Carta. It's that there was a decorum and an understanding of how people talked to each other and got things done. And we need to be there again. And I think it's it's all biblical and it's all there. We, we have a great God and we have something that if we would follow, we'd be in a good, good place. Well stated. So can you tell any stories of spiritual impact? I mean, it sounds like there's probably a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the Green family, obviously, personally, but I, I've heard and read a lot about them. I mean, ultimately, they want to have kingdom impact. Yes. So this isn't some academic thing no. to, like, hobnob with the who's who of Washington. No. Um, so talk about spiritual kingdom impact that has come out of the Museum of the Bible. Go first, well, and then I'll tell a story. I, frankly, I like to tell people it's for people from 8 to 80. I mean, you can see little kids in there having just as much fun as somebody that's 80 years old, and because there's something there for everyone. One of the things we haven't talked about is our Disney-inspired ride that's put together, Washington Revelation. And you are actually on a ride simulator with 40 of your closest friends, and you're on a drone, and you're going in and out of buildings all over Washington, seeing where scripture is awesome. quoted on the buildings. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. And even though people want to say it's not, this gives you the feeling in your head, your heart, and frankly in your stomach that you're going to be able to see where that's impacting. So there's something there to attract and talk to everyone, depending upon where your walk of life is. David, David Barton. Yeah. Familiar sure, with sure. He, he's done a bunch of tours of D.C. showing like all the inscriptions right. of, of Judeo-Christian roots that sure. are just literally etched in stone That's right. that we're trying to whitewash these days. This, gonna, the creator was an engineer from Disney who did it and you just you just saw that Disney passion as he put this thing together in the years that they that it took just to do it. And the nip, significant thing about it was you know, you can't fly over D.C. That's a restricted area. Yeah. So he did something like 20,000 frames of, uh, you know, pictures and scripture and everything. And he's put it in a, a component that's like you're flying. And it's, and we really, it's called a flyboard. And we actually tell people if you're motion sickness at all, you know, stand at a certain place or don't take this ride. So you really do. You cool. fly, you fly like over the Potomac into a doorway in the Capitol. Cool, and you turn you, sideways. You turn sideways and it's it just like, oh my gosh, it gives you chills to think about. But the significance again is scripture is there, foundation of our country right there. And it's beautiful, it, it's, a, it's just a great place. You were gonna tell a kingdom impact story. Kingdom story, just, just about what changes it. Cause a lot of people say, well, where's the place in the museum that that I can you know, reflect on this or feel about this? And one, one great story that I think uh, we get these great letters, and so we had a couple that had a child that um, had gotten to a point where they couldn't take them out. They just, and I don't know what the diagnosis or disease was, but they were very unruly, hard to get uh, out in public. Yep. So we're a big museum, like I said, we're, we're large. So they, they visited the museum with this eight-year-old child that, like I said, they just aren't comfortable out in public in a restaurant because of noises and just everything. But we have this 12-minute piece on the New Testament, which is told in the story. It's John, the youngest apostle's story, as he was in Patmos, recording all the stories uh, from his time with walking with Jesus. And, and so this young child goes into this 12-minute exhibit. And glaring on TV, that's where I get emotional. Yeah. It changed his life. The parents came out of that, and this child was so enamored by this that it completely changed the personality so that they had to, they called us and said, can we get a copy of that, please? Wow. Wow. And this child has just embraced this whole story and we don't know exactly how, but it, it changed that person. 
it changed that family and so the museum changed that whole setting so i mean that's awesome you don't expect that you don't know how that happened that's a god thing it's totally. great it's great well i'm hooked i want to go ride the ride i want to go see this 12-minute exhibit i yeah. want to be on the impact floor uh I should have asked this question earlier, but I'm kind of ADD and all over the place. How, how long have you been with Museum of the Bible, and how did you get into it, Gil? Well, I, it's interesting. Uh, so we opened in November of 17, and um, November 17, I had been in, it's funny, I live in Virginia Beach, but I've worked in D.C. for 20-some years, never living there. So I was with Prison Fellowship. Oh, yeah. Chuck Colson. Of course. And Chuck passed away, and I, you know, I'd, I'd left. And what then did I was, you do with them? I was in the same thing, development, raising I, w partnerships with him, yep. traveled yep. around with Chuck before GPS and cell phones. So you imagine we were all over the place, AD to talk about all the visits. Yeah. But Chuck and I had great times together. I miss him dearly. So it wasn't really a trick, but a guy I had worked for with Chuck called me on a Thanksgiving weekend. Museum had just opened. He said, I want to talk to you. Come to the beach. He was at the beach. And he said, can we get together? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So... He introduced me, I want you to come back to Washington. I said, I don't want to move up there. He said, no. He said, there's this great thing. And it's just about, just opened, and I want you to come. So I've been there since uh, January 18th, so when we opened. Awesome. The first, right from the very beginning. And it's been, uh, it's just been a great ride. <laughs> uh, just uh, last couple minutes. You bet. Make a pitch, however you want to make it, to either get people to get out there and visit it, or... Uh, if they got a million or two dollars, give you guys a call and say, hey, we right. want to be part of that $53 million budget. Right. You know what? At the end of the day, obviously, people know that we have to have money to make things turn. But when you see the impact, you see what's involved. Maybe one of the best things that I like to t share with people is on the way out, I ask them, do we meet or exceed your expectations? I have yet to have anybody that said we didn't exceed. The wow. second part of that is they said, I didn't realize. And then it was always, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. If you go into the museum and you want to read everything there, not dwell, but just read and keep walking, it's 92 hours. Yeah, wow. That's how long it takes. There's that much interaction. So we would encourage that. Plan on it, make sure you're there, and stay on top of it. Right, right. And I would say, I would add to that, if you, like you said, if, if we know a couple of people walking around with a, with a couple million dollars, uh, I can tell you they would be in good company. Whether they're looking for benefit or not, they're going to get it. The people that we... Uh, that align with us and we're growing every day and just one leads to another they'll be very glad that they made a commitment only because it's got so much return and it's just uplifting it's a great place to be we thank you matt yeah where do we learn about it website you know what just go to the museum of the bible.org just google it come up youtube take a look see what we have it's the best way to go bunch awesome. of bunch of youtube some great ones have been done and uh they're very inspiring so you'll like it Gil, mark thank you so much thanks for having us over matt Absolutely. take care brother have a good one the CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. 
First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.